Bagiti Kumalo, the title track of this incredible new album. Wow, we are back together again. I must say, Bagiti, I, I, I mentioned it to you when we connected, but I, this album is on another level. It's absolutely beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you for Thank this. Thank you. you, Nick. You know, um, I've grown since then. My my writing music, it's, it's, it's now thoughtful because... When I did this record, it was during the pandemic. Yes. And then I missed so much home and I wanted to honor our leaders at home and and find the right people too, because it's not like writing a song and you think it's good. But, you know, I had to find the right people and I got this lady from Uganda, Chila, the one who's talking. Yes, I was going to ask you. Yes. Chila, she's, she's from Uganda. And then the saxophone player, uh, uh, Maxfield Gas, is from Philadelphia, where I met now. And, uh, and we kind of put together the musicians who can really capture my my thinking my brain how these songs i want these songs to sound like you know they have a meaning and i explained to everybody before they play i say these songs they have a meaning they're very special for me play like you wrote the song yes. it's your song that's how everything it's really it's it's so together and then of course i'm playing a bunch of instruments on the on that track every track on, on my record because i have my own recording studio in my house now Yes. And I mean, that's, that's it. We know you as a bass player, but you're actually a multi-instrumentalist. Well, now, um, yeah, because when I moved to the States and, and I got married and then now I start to have the children. So I have to take them to the music lessons. And then I said, you know what? Let me take a class. <laughs> <laughs> while, Amazing. While, while they're taking class with a voice teacher, a piano teacher, me, I'm going to the theory. To, to look at the music, to know how to read, and, and, you know, not very much writing because I depend on my um, my ear and, um, you know, what I'm hearing very pretty much. But for me, it, it made sense to go to school and study so that I can write music that makes sense. Yes. Now I can give people the sheet music and say, play this, but give me a good feel. Yes. So that really helped me. And then, of course, playing on album like the Heavy Hancock, I played on the Cashwins World album. It was all written music. And uh, 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 Randy Brecker, the Brecker brothers, uh, our trumpet player, also play on his record and playing with amazing people like David Sanborn and all these people. And it was unbelievable to play the whole record. That's very difficult. I mean, one song is like seven pages of music. Yes, yes. So, <laughs> so for me, I pay attention, but because I'm not alcoholic and I can focus very well and I eat salad you know, yes. to keep, keep my brain to support me. But um, so all these things, because I like to challenge myself. So my music is a combination of everything that I've, I've done in my years from home to work with people like Shaka Khan, Cindy Lauper, Gloria Stefan, uh, you know, just this yes. goes on and on. The list goes you know, on and on. I mean, you've worked with Sting, you've worked with Tima Zakela, you've worked with, with so yeah. many greats. Yes. 
Bongile, Ray Piri, Tepotulo. I mean, like I started at the early age to introduce myself to the music, to work with all these people from home, like Ray and everybody before I came here. So now when I came here, I came loaded yes. with stuff, you know. And But now I'm loaded and then I'm learning more to keep growing, yes. to move forward. Now I'm learning to teach. That's why I'm building these instruments because at some point I want to come home and put the music instruments in every classroom in the township so that the kids can have something to heal because music is about healing. Thank it's not you. just playing and funny, but it's a healing. When you play, you feel better. So I want to do that with my kids at home someday you when I get help. We're waiting for you. We're waiting for you. And on that note, I must just send you a little bit of love from some of your brothers here. I know that Vusi Kumalo couldn't wait. He said, what time is Bagiti coming on the show? And I've just got a message from Godfrey Mthina as well. He says, uh, oh. I grew up, he says, I grew up with a man, Bagiti, from his early days of his playing. I'm so happy oh. to hear him on the show. Vusi, <laughs> Vusi, we started to together and he's my cousin so you know i used to sit on his bass drum and play the bass and try to learn to groove so he helped me to become who i am today yes. by working with him and yes. then i left Vusi, and then i went out with godfrey Trina and we traveled zululand and we learned more because zululand is not like johannesburg yes. <laughs> you know <laughs> and and the food was rare was very scarce and it, it was hard but you know we sacrificed for the sake of music Yes. And in fact, this next song I wanted to play off the album. Uh, the album again is called What You Hear Is What You See. It's called Zululand Nation. So did you go, like, kind of go back to that time when you recorded the song? Yes, yes. You know, when I say Zululand Nation, because I had a chance for 16 months to travel Zululand and know Zululand. And it was not an easy traveling because... I was young and uh, scared, but at the same time taking chances. And But here's a, 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 a very interesting story about this. When we were in Zululand, I was playing bass my thumb like this, you know. I, I couldn't use the fingers yes. this way, yes. but I was using thumb. And then uh, one night I was sleeping and then I dreamed this man playing the bass like this. I've never seen anybody play like that. Yes. I see this man playing the bass like that. Playing, and playing with the fingers. With the fingers. Yeah. And uh, I remember the dream. The first thing I woke up in the morning, even I woke up even earlier than usual. And I woke up and I tried that on the bass. It was difficult because I'm I'm so used to the thumb. But as I try, it got easier and easier and easier. And I said, oh, man, this is good. But the bass was terrible because it was a broken bass anyway. Yes. But it just helped my right hand so I can, you know, uh, play play freely and comfortable and then play a little bit faster because with the thumb, I couldn't do that fast. Now, yes. my fingers were like flying and I said, oh man, this is good. Yes. But uh, I stay with it until I come home and uh, my mother bought me a bass, a fretless bass, and uh, I started to practice thoroughly, you know, and, uh, and then play with my friends, with the traditional musicians from home, from Galo Records, Yes. Without money, sometimes because I was I was learning, so the money was <laughs> not my problem, you know. And you were still young. But <laughs> I was still young, and I was still young, you know. Just like I wanted to earn it before I get paid, because why are you gonna get paid when you're still learning and you know you're not even good? <laughs> <You know? laughs> so I tried hard to, uh, to to do that, and uh, but man, I. Love I 
I love that story as well because it was almost like you got a, a divine or a spiritual message of how to play the bass because you literally dreamt it as a youngster and then only years later you realize, oh, this is what the masters are doing. An interesting thing about that, Nikki, is that my father is from Durban. And when I was in Zululand in Durban, my father was a musician. He played guitar, played uh, organ, and he worked for the government in Durban. I think was giving people houses or something. I never met him. Yes. And now a story, I'm going to tell a story about my sister. This, this, that song is I wrote for my sister. It's called Nomvula. And uh, my sister, when she was born... My father denied my sister, left my sister with my mother. And my mother, after three months old, my sister, she was three months old. My mother took my sister to back to my father's family and just left it there. Okay. My sister there, and then my father came back to Johannesburg. And then I was born, and then my father went back to take care of my sister. He, did, he didn't bring my sister with him. Yes. So, you know, so I was raised by my mother, and my mother, she used to tell me, you have a sister, but we don't know how to reach her. Now, 2012, we come to South Africa for the anniversary, uh, for the, I'm on the Zoom call. Nikki, well, you're going to be part of that. Uh, I'm taking a picture with the legendaries. Yes. So get, get on the Zoom so you can see what I'm doing. <laughs> So in the middle of our yeah. conversation, these legendaries have asked Bagiti to take a picture. So he's getting up to take a picture. And by the way, on that note, I just got another message from Godfrey Mthina. He says Bagiti was playing with a pluck drum. <laughs> so the, yes. does that make sense? <laughs> Look, Nikki. Yes. I'm looking. This is where I'm at. I'm looking at a whole school of people coming to learn to do this uh, base workshop. Of course, uh, this is all happening live as we're on air. And I think while Bagiti takes that picture, I'm going to play you the track called Zululand Nation off his album. What you hear, what you hear is what you see. And it is, of course, on the world show. The best in African music, African music. on the world show. With Nikki B. Beautiful, absolutely what? beautiful. Look at my step and tell me if it's right. I just while while Bagiti this is not you. While Bagiti is uh, with us, he's also taking pictures with. I don't know. There must be about fifty or a hundred people at this beautiful base boot camp. He's just shown me his incredible base, and uh, it's going to be amazing. Uh, and they all want to take pictures of him. Uh, that track is Zululand Nation of Bagiti Kumalo's. What you hear is what you see. Now, Bagiti, I wanted to go back a little. Yes. I wanted to go back in time and and speak to you about your 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 humble beginnings. Where where you grew up and you know how music was so much a part of your life even as a small child and when you started playing music when did you start playing music well i would say first of all it started at my grandmother's house in soweto uh, yeah in soweto in zola zola number three um my grandmother you know it was a church person and singing all the time and my uncle played saxophone so the music I was introduced at a very early age, but 
as as I grow up by the age of uh, eight, nine, ten, then I started to get very interested. Now, my uncle used to practice at the house every weekend with his band. When they home practicing, I, I don't leave the house. <laughs> yes. I just stay there and look at them quiet. My uncle says, do not cough because you're distracting. So <laughs> sit there, be quiet. <laughs> and I'll be sit there quiet, quiet. But it's so my interest that I was learning. And, and then, you know, as I grow every year, I just upgrade every year until I was about maybe 12, 13. And then I'll go to the township now and look for bands that playing the soul music. The first group that I joined was VIPs from uh, Zola Number no. 2. And uh, I practice with v- uh, VIPs and I play with them. And then uh, the all-rounders, Bob Simlangeni. Yes. And Poloi Libon and those guys, they kind of like really, they gave me what I needed, you know, to practice with them. And then I went on tour with them. And then there was amazing bass players that I was learning from them. Sipo Kumete, Peter, you know, Sihoni, you know, and just, just all the brilliant Tony Saudi from the group Drives. So, so there was, uh, there was a lot of school back then. And then of course, Doing recordings now at the age of 14, 15, color records with the traditional. So for me, it was about take every step and go forward, don't go backwards or sideways. So I tried, and and then we end up having a group called Varukwe with Vusi. And then after Varukwe, we went to Zimbabwe, we got stuck in Zimbabwe, we can't even speak the language. That's when the stress built up now, the frustration. And uh, But after that, I uh, came back home after eight months and, uh, and then I joined another band. You know, after I came back from Zululand, Zimbabwe, and then now I'm doing like all this studio work and I'm playing with everybody. Now the kickers is open. So it's like the gate, as I was learning and moving forward, the gates, they kind of open. Yes. To learn more and I meet like some really great musicians like, Banura Chabane, rest in peace, my friend. You know, uh, Banura Chabane, Ellen Coela. And then also some of those guys, they were not really nice. Ellen Coela, you you have to learn hard to play with him. Yes. It's either you quit or... <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, I got a, a, an, another message from Vusi, uh, Vusi Kumalo, and he says, I must ask you about the band Teta, because that's where he graduated as, he says, you and him graduated as professional musicians working with Koloela Bona, who then introduced you and Vusi to Paul Simon and the making of Graceland. So tell us about Teta. It's a, yeah, it's an iconic, legendary collective. Yeah, Tata was good. The first band that we we, we had Tata before Rashid Lani. And, uh, you know, because we were more to American music now, playing all these songs and uh, and just upgrading ourselves to be now better musicians. So, uh, and the Tata, we did so very well. We, we did a couple of records and that band was ridiculous, was amazing, was amazing. And I think all of them, even the ones that they left, Wings, Hale, Bushy, Seattle, you know, and Makaya, Masam. I mean, those guys, Lawrence Machisa, I cannot forget these people because really they helped us to practice. We used to sleep at the rehearsal space. Yes. You know, but, you know, if, if we don't sleep there, another person won't show up. <laughs> you know, he doesn't have to take a bus or something, you know. It's, 
he was crazy or, or he's arrested, you know, something. Yes. But uh, we stay in the studio uh, and rehearse and sleep there, Tokay House. Like I'm saying, that the gates, they were always opening as we move forward because it's like they knew that somebody is coming. So that theater was amazing. And then we had the theater with Rashid Lan and then the band started to get complicated now. <laughs> Beautiful. No, we start to get complicated. You get serious with Rashid and he brings the sheet music and he says, guys, let's play this. And it's like, oh my God, what is he doing? Where are we going to play? You know, we can play this in the village. <laughs> But that amazing uh, uh, practicing with with Rashid and and Vusi and we played some amazing gigs and you know um, I miss my friend but the only thing when Paul came you know he came when the timing was right things were just so difficult for us and I took chances because he says hey look you played on this record I want you to be here and uh, so and you're and, talking you know, you're talking about Graceland the record Graceland oh uh, okay. Raka, he's the one who called us and said, guys, there's this guy from uh, America, Paul Simon, and he's looking for musicians, and uh, and I think you guys, you, you're the perfect fit for it. So go do it. It's not going to be good because also because of what was going on with the system and, you know, political was, was bad. But, you know, for us, it was like, hey, look, I mean, I've played concert for the struggle so that, you know, uh, they can bring people in the stadiums and they can tell them what to do. Yeah. But I said, you know, this this is for me. I'm taking this for me because I want to go distance. I don't want to be stuck here because if they're not helping us and say, okay, guys, don't do this. We're going to buy equipment. We're going to build venues for you to stay home and do that. Yes, that's one thing, but we didn't have that. Yes. So everyone was on their own. If I get hired alone, then I go and then, you know, I end up doing way too much on this music that no other bass player could have played this music. So I was responsible to come here 36 years later. Yes. I'm still here. And, you I, know, when- and I, I mean, I think the Paul Simon Graceland project was such a definitive project in terms of, uh, what can I say, um, exposing the South African, African music internationally. You know- a good exposure for South African music, but he, the big responsible was Hugh and Miriam because here's the thing: that Graceland album wouldn't have go, or the tour. Maybe the album would be out, but the tour wouldn't have gone well because of um, if Hugh and Miriam they didn't want to do this, Paul wouldn't have he done, was it. done. Yes, it was done. But uh, but uh, because Hugh and Miriam they agreed to say, hey, look, you're representing our country with this beautiful music. You have Lady Smith, Black Mambas, you have all this. And Paul he says, I'm willing to help South Africa. And uh, he took the band and he took Miriam. And then I had a chance to play with Miriam. Yes. Because when Miriam left South Africa, I was like two years old. So when I tell her that my mother, she used to play these songs and say to me, I'm playing these songs, but I don't want you to leave the country like Miriam and you. They left. <laughs> <laughs> and, but, uh, play- and you did. <laughs> yes. After we finished the Graceland, then I had to jump on the Hughes wagon, you know, to to go with Bri Hugh for a couple of months and play with Bri Hugh. And then he tells me the story, how he misses home. And, uh, and then Miriam. But very interestingly, I was with Bri Hugh on the plane for the first time for him to put the food in South African airport. Or I was with him on the plane. And I remember when we were landing in Johannesburg, Airport and Brayu looks outside. He says, "Hey, hey, this is different now." <laughs> and I'm like, 
been a long time. And, uh, and I said to him, man, come home. Welcome home. I'm leaving home. I'll be back. But you enjoy being home. He was mad at me. He says, yeah, now you don't want to play with me. I said, you got Fana Zulu. You got all this. <laughs> But he ended up playing with Fana and playing with other young bass players. He gave them a chance when he came. After Segunjalo, yes. when we did that. The oh, tour. Segunjalo. Yes. yes. And you, uh, he just love home. And then he used to tell me, he says, no, you don't play like home now. You know, you, you got the Americans. <laughs> <laughs> Too, you know, you're very expensive. And I said, well, you, come on. For you, I'll play for free. <laughs> Beautiful. I think for me to... Uh, um, to enjoy and end is like playing with you and Miriam. I mean, I feel like God just gave me what I needed. And uh, now I can take this to another level and teach the next generation and tell my stories because, you know, it's not just the, the, the instrument. It's about the determined and, and just want to do something, you know, and challenge yourself because if you don't challenge yourself and if something is difficult, you quit, it's going to be like that for the rest of your life. Absolutely. So take it and, and do it. I mean, I sacrificed a lot. I left my family and I'm sure my son and his family, they're listening right now. His name is Nkosinati Kumalo. Yes. Hi, Nkosinati, whoever you're listening from. <laughs> yeah, and, and I cannot forget this beautiful queen. I have two queens. I have uh, the, the the oldest sister, Pablo, Pabzo. Yes. Pabzo, that, that's my son's uh, daughter, my granddaughter, the oldest. And then the little one, uh, Spesichle. Hi, Pabzo and Spesichle. <laughs> oh, man, this baby, she's, she's unbelievable. They're both amazing. And then, of course, uh, Tiri, Mom, and uh, Dad, Nati. And I'm, I miss them so much, and I want to see them soon. You know, uh, yeah. You'll have to come back soon. Let's play another track off the album. Now. Yes, let's play another track off the album. This one is Let's, yes. Let's Be One, and it's, it's just so pretty. Tell me about this track and how it came about. Let's Be One, when I wrote that song, there was a, a time when I felt like as people we've been separated and we just have no connection of each other, you know, like neighbors and, and you know, families. And and so I write the piece just to bring that. And then, but I needed a, a singer who's going to tell the story with the voice, not just the lyrics, but the voice when she opens her mouth and that voice. So I got this lady, Alison Faith. Yes. To sing, let's be one. I said, Alison, this, you don't sing the whole song. You just sing the first verse and then leave and goodbye, go home. Yeah. <laughs> and then we'll take home. From there, and then I got my daughter to sing the other background vocal when the song goes to the up tempo. Yeah, my uh, she's singing uh, some uh, background vocals there. But the song it was about let's be one. It doesn't matter what color where you come from, but we want people under one sky. Thank you so much, Bagiti Kumalo on the World Show, and listen to this very precious one. Let's be one. The album. What you hear is what you see. With us, the man who made that song. Let's be one, Bagiti Kumalo. Bagiti, what did you say? 
I love Kaya FM. <laughs> you know, it's home wherever you are. <laughs> yes. Yes. Now, you know, we were speaking about Paul Simon and obviously the Graceland uh, project w- uh, really changed your life, actually. But you've worked, are, are you still working with Paul because you've worked with him so much over the years? Yes, um, uh, I've been playing with him. I just finished the two years, uh, uh, last, uh, about two years ago, a, a world tour, a final tour. And then end of this month, uh, he's been uh, salute by Grammy. And so I'm going to be playing at the Grammy with the house band uh, for the TV show for the people to salute Paul Simon and sing his music. And I was invited to um, to be part of the Grammy. And then, of course, being on uh, on playing on many records like the Heavy Hancock's record uh, Gershwin's World with Chikoria and Stevie Wonder and uh, and that record took out a Grammy and uh, the other one was with Randy Brecker David Sanborn Bob Minza and you know just amazing people Jonathan Joseph on drums and we did that record with uh, Randy Brecker and he got a Grammy and uh, you know Cindy Love uh, yes. just just a lot of people and uh, but but with Paul I've been playing with him since, and uh, I just—it's been 36 years, and I just turned. Uh, I'm going to be May 10th, uh, 66. Yes. So I feel like you know, uh, every year it's a graduation for me. You know, I have to upgrade myself and challenge myself. Like I said earlier, that you can relax and say, "I got this," just because you know certain things. You know how to slap, or you know how to do certain things. There's so much that you don't know that you need to know. Yes. You know? And you yeah. know, looking at this album, what you hear is what you see. Uh, tell us a little bit about the title of it, but also from what I gather, you you've drawn on all these experiences. Yeah, well, you know, um, the title track of the album, What You Hear Is What You See, it's because I introduce everything that's around us, you know, like a garbage man. I remember back in the day in South Africa, like we used to have the garbage guys, they pick up the garbage and they're singing. We hear them and we see them and yes. they're singing, they make sounds. That was really musical. Or oh, they're fixing the road, they're hitting something. That's music or the birds. <laughs> You know, I go to the park and I hear all these animals uh, uh, and I feel like they're making music. Yes. I see them, I hear them. So that really inspired me because now I have my own recording studio at home. I can put the, the foundation together and then send it to people to play their parts. Like I got a lot of people uh, playing on this record. Like the, this track you just play, what you, um, Let's Be One. Yes. I said Puji, Puji Bell, the drummer to play at home and he loved the track and he played the track and then he gave me his song to play you know based on his new album coming out so Beautiful. I played the bass so we, we kind of exchanged and you know doing this at home during the pandemic it was best for me because it's like hey alright we have a pandemic we have no gigs I yes. have the instruments I have my studio oh man so I'll just spend time because I've had a studio a long time but because of traveling, I never get a chance to sit down and take all these pieces of demos and put it together and make them music. Now, this album, I spent so much money. I invested in the record. Nobody else put the money. I paid all the musicians. I paid for the art, the design, the the, the mixing, the mastering. Um, yeah. I, and if you look at the credits of the people are playing there, I have about 40 people involved in this music yes. that they all take. Beautiful. And, uh, I also wanted to ask you about the percussionist. Beautiful percussion I have, work. Yeah, I have uh, uh, a 
Pablo Batista is playing percussion, and I have this drummer. He plays with uh, Pat Matheny and Antonio Sanchez. And, uh, and I did a lot of percussion myself uh, at home, and I just got a couple of people to play some things and vocal. And I have Keswa, Nontlantla Keswa from home. She sang some vocal on Zululand, and then the Desert Walk. And, you know, like, I, I find people, because I'm looking for the texture, I'm, lo- I'm not looking for the superstar, like, oh, you know, just because, you know, yes. I want you to give me what I need. That's going to make the song, um, because it's all about songwriting now. Yes. And you spoke... Funny, yeah. funny thing about these songs, I didn't record the bass until later, when everything was laid out. So then I said, okay, now there's room for bass for me to play simple and just support these things that's that's you know that's higher you know percussion keyboards it, it, it's amazing and i got the guy from kenya to play the piano on the that song i'll tell you later about him yes but that's beautiful because normally you start with a bass when you're recording and then you add the bass very often is the start of a recording <laughs> Because when you start with the bass, then your ear is locked up to that. You know, you you kind of don't have a room to come up with some other things because bass it, it dominates. When yes. you play the bass, it grabs the ear. And I, I've I've learned that over the years. I remember. Let me tell you this story. Uh, one time we were rehearsing for a tour, so we go to Paul and rehearse at his house for five months. I didn't play the bass. I was playing the shaker sometimes. I'm listening and I'm reading newspaper, or, you know, just drinking coffee, taking naps. And then I come back and I pick up the bass. He says, no bass. No bass every day. And then at the end of the week, I get paid. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, oh. went on and on and on. And then after a while, he says to me, okay, since you, you haven't been playing, do you know that, what do you have? You have something that you can show to me that's not going to be out of control. Because now I was listening to the band, people practicing without the bass. Yes. And there's some other things that I couldn't hear because when I'm playing, I focus on my part. I don't listen to the other people. That's why I tell musicians, even bass players, like, hey, please, you know, when you play, try to listen to what's around you so that you don't step on something that's nice that the ear needs to hear. You know, it's not always about the bass, but, you know, these little things that's happening that needs to be heard. So... That's what Paul told me. And then, but when he asked me, he says, so you have anything to play? I said, yes. He said, let's do it. So he played the very first verse and then the chorus, there's no bass. And then I come in on the bridge. The bass made sense, you know, because then it sounded like, ooh, what is that? Yes. Because he was not all the time. And then when I come in, it's it, it's it's different. So I started to think like that. Now, when I record my music and I said, no, I don't want to hear the bass, you know, because I, I leave that and I, I, I leave bass. I play that every day. But no, not for this record. I'm just going to take it easy and and just play percussion and play some kalimbas and uh, and play uh, aerophone. Yes. Aerophone is like electronic uh, electric uh, saxophone. Yes. So I record that and because it has so many sounds that I can use as a texture to my music. And uh, the bass comes in later, you know, 
play less. <laughs> but I <laughs> think, but I think that's also the mark of maturity because I found often with young musicians, they want to play and play and play every moment of that song. And I think I've noticed as people become more matured and as they become more of masters, there's more listening and the moment no, that you it, play. It is more when you do a research, when you go out and, and start to really figure out other things and not about, and, and you know, here's the thing too, some of the young players, they try to really glue to the Google or, or the tape and try to be something that they're not. That is the biggest problem. For me, it was about B. Bagidi. I was born in South Africa and I was loaded. Uh, I've been given a, a, a gift to play anything. But I have to play me and not try to be somebody. Because when you try to play somebody, then you see that person, you get nervous. You can't play. <laughs> you know, because you're like, whoa, wow, now this guy is here. Now what am I going to do? You have nothing. But always remember what is special about you and what is special about you or anyone is where you come from. What is in your heart, your blood and the roots? No, you, the thing is, you have to be true to yourself. You have to respect your culture. You have to respect what's around you because, you know, we, we always, you're born and then you're walking already and talking, you know, that's scary. Yes. You have to gradually grow grow, be something, land. You grow to land, you know, so everybody thinks different, but the way I was thinking, sometimes I never even talk too much about music, and other people they talk about, oh, this one plays like that one, oh, this one is, you know, and for me, and I'm like, hmm, I don't want to be that person. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be Bagiti you know, Kumala. Be quiet and then go home and do some things and then show up, I don't talk about it because this is not my thing, you know, you know, my thing is to listen, learn, be sensitive about music, you know, and, and just, just, just to be, you know, honest with yourself. And it shows, and it shows. It's paying off because, yes. you know, the things that I've done, it's unbelievable. You know, I look at all these, my hours and say, man, wow. Five Grammys, five Grammys. Yes. There we go again. There we go again. I want to squeeze in two more songs because uh, we've only got 15 yes. minutes of the show. And the next one I wanted to play because it kind of stands out on the album as something almost futuristic. Um, actually, the whole album, I think, is ancient futuristic. But this one is electric flow and it gives it a whole new hipness. Tell us about this track, Bagiti. Now, electric flow... I was given by uh, South Africa. Yes. And why? When I call my family, I call my sister, and then the phone call drops sometimes. And then I call them back, and I say, what's up? They're like, sorry, you know, the electricity went off. Yes. And this went on and on. Every time I call my son, same thing. Load shedding. You know, I've talked <laughs> to him, and then all, all of a sudden the call dropped. And then I have to call him back again. He says, yeah, the electricity. So that gave me a song. Okay, let me sing, you know, let me play the electric flow. Because electric flow, what's up with the electric flow? Then I recorded that song, the electric flow. That's why I played the kalimba first. Yes. And then I played some other instrument. And then I sent it to Max. He got this wonderful piano player, Jeremy, to play the keyboard from Philadelphia. And the drummer from Philadelphia. And uh, Maxfield is also from Philadelphia. So he kind of gave me that Philly sound. 
Yes. And he helped me to produce the, the track. But the, the song started with what was going on at home. Like when I talked to my family, then the phone cut off or they don't have electricity. Yes. And for me, it was about, let me make this song and then hopefully raise some funds and try to support my family and support the schools. Make sure that the schools, they have the instruments and uh, and do something to, 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 to give back to the country that gave me more than I expected. Thank you so you much. Know. Bagiti Kumala yeah. on the World Show. We're going to squeeze in two more songs before he leaves us. This one is Electric Flow. How absolutely beautiful is that electric flow for our load shedding from Bagiti Kumalo. The album, What You Hear Is What You See. We're coming to the end of this feature and I want to end off with one last song. Bagiti Kumalo, thank you for blessing us with your presence and uh, yeah, your stories. Thank you, um, thank you, SA. I love, I love my people. I'll be back. Yes, I can't wait to see you. I've got to end with this one. It's called Long Story Short. And uh, I think that's your life. It's a long story and you've given us a short bit. Exactly, ma'am. Exactly. You know, the music is going to tell the story. And then also, too, when I recorded this song, I started at home with the kalimba. This kalimba and then I did some voices. Like the bass came in later and I had a, a big bass and then I had a fretless going into the uh, dead. And then I had another... You know, fretless, but uh, the song it, it, the song is amazing. And I got the piano player uh, from Kenya, Aaron Rimbui. Yes. I'm a piano player, and he was at the Berkeley College of Music. And I said, perfect, go play the Stainway piano at Berkeley. Beautiful. Piano, and then he recorded the piano, and he sent me a tracks on piano, so I can put the piano with the rest of the music. But uh, long story short, it's it's my life, you know, it's it's my life. Thank you so much, Bagiti. Can't wait to see you in Joburg. Soon as you're back next time, you got to come into the studio. But thank you for this incredible thank offering. What you hear, thank you very much, what you hear is what you see. And uh, to finish off, long story short of Bagiti Komalos, what you hear is what you see. <laughs> The World Show with Nikki B Every Sunday from 6 to 9 p.m. On Kaya 959 If you missed it live Catch the broadcast on Kaya 959.co.za